Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. I want to know your world. If you think she's 30 and she's really only 16, you have a 30-year-old sister. I want to know like, what you have. You know, what seminary should he looks to mom? Um, what seminary for Shaduchim will find out? We'll look at her resume. I want to know what seminary you think your sister's in. So a kid's perception, that's, that's, so we all perceive things different. An artist has the ability, by way of a book, song, story, to tell you what they're seeing. That's art. They present, and a good artist, wow, there's a singer, I'm, I do not appreciate Gaish music, not the topics, not, just not my thing. There's one artist who's, who speaks cleanly, I like, because I learned about anxiety through him. He describes, he's, it's, he's the best artist probably I've ever seen in my life. His ability to present what he sees, he clearly struggles with anxiety, and he gives it over by way of music. It's brilliant. So that's an artist, that he's able to communicate what he experiences. And a good artist, anybody draws a picture, is trying to tell you what they see. You literally can get very smart, because we get smart if we only see what we see that's limited. There's a whole world who sees so we get much smarter when we learn what our spouse sees, what our kids see. You're a smarter man, you're a smarter woman. All of a sudden you have a, 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 a greater understanding of the world because you see it the way other people see it. So that's an artist. What I want to do for parenting, the first thing is I want to paint a picture for everybody. A one picture I want to paint. And I want to ask us to, to live this picture. Before I paint the picture, I want to describe where in the Torah I came to this picture and share as follows. Klal Yisrael, there are two places in the Torah that I want to come to this painting that I want to paint for everybody here. Anybody who knows me would hear me painting, would start laughing already. I just said a funny joke. My, my grandmother used to try to help me. My handwriting, I was probably meant to be a doctor. My handwriting is horrible. I... You, I would write my name. You literally would have trouble reading it. I, I, I a bacher did this. Is a, this is something I don't know if I forgive the guy yet. A guy had for his ksuba. He hired an artist to write a ksuba. He hired. I just came from a wedding last night. Two nights in a row, people were trying to read my ksuba that I wrote. Two nights in a row, the last two nights, and the the one who unfortunately never be. If I'm misada, don't get. Refuse Kriyas Ksuba. You won't be able to read it. Nakasipukaychi is a hard word because I don't write neatly. And <laughs> this guy made it, he made a Ksuba. He had an artist do a Ksuba. It was a stunning Ksuba. And then I have to fill in the blanks. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. I hope he just told them modern art, like the contrast was like some sort of style. So, anyway, but I want to paint a little bit today with words. The vert that I want to share, we're in the Torah. Klal Yisrael has the greatest revelation in our history. We see Hashem, whenever it says Zeh in the Torah, Zeh means we see the thing. It says, Kozeh Yitnu, by Machsas HaShekel, Hashem says, Kozeh, like this, so Chazal say, Hireyu loy Hashem showed a coin of fire, because it says, Kozeh. It says, Achodesh Hazeh Lochem, so Chazal say, Kozeh Re'evikidesh, Hashem showed a moon. Whenever it says Zeh in the Torah, pointing this, and everybody's looking, there's a visual. There's something there that's being pointed at. In the greatest revelation of our history, millions of Yidin pointed and said, Zeh Keli. Hashem. We saw. Millions of Yidin saw Hashem. Zeh Keli. Zeh means we pointed. So Zeh Keli, we saw Hashem. What did the response to seeing Hashem, what happened? A guy called me and he said, Kalish, you present the picture of God. How do you know you're right? How do you know? He had a very tough father who beat him a lot. He said, how do you know you're right? Your picture of Hashem, who's loving, who cares about us. How do you know you're right? So that's a very strong question, powerful question. 
And I asked him to look at the one time we saw the most clarity. What happened? Zach Haley, we saw. So what, 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 I, that, I want to know, that moment, what happened? What, what is the experience of seeing Hashem with complete clarity? So Onkelis says, Van Veyu, the entire Klal Yisrael said, God, don't ever leave us. Van Veyu is Milash and Nova, I want to build you a house, don't ever leave me. So I just want to say what happened. The natural, the organic experience of seeing Hashem, Zek Hashem! Van Veyu, don't ever leave me, I'm making a house you don't ever leave. That, I'm just telling you what happened by revelation. We saw and we asked Hashem, don't ever leave. Chazal tell us, one up, there's two other pshatim in Vanveyu, they all point that it was a tremendous love fest, all, all three Chazal on the word Vanveyu. But Onkla says it means don't ever leave me. I'm building a base Hamidrash, Hashem, you have to stay. Chazal tell us Vanveyu means I'm going to be nice the rest of my life. Anivahu, mahu racham, afata racham, I'm going to be nice. What happened to see Hashem and to say, don't ever leave me, is very, very natural. What was the experience that I'm going to be nice the rest of my life? Interesting. What was the experience that you walked away and we said, all of Klal Yisroh, and we said, I'm going to be nice the rest of Anivahu, What was this experience that we promised, Vanveyu? I'm going to be nice the rest of my life. What happened that moved the nation to become the Klal Yisrael Goyim Lechasadim? And at that moment, we committed on Veyu, on What happened? And it's very, very simple. I, I'll tell you a story. I was doing an interview with the Bachar, and he walked out my door. It was a summertime. He walked out the door of my house, and I get a call from a mother she said, I thought my house was like bugged. It's amazing in real time. I don't think the car drove away yet from the interview. I'm not being megazin. I don't think the car drove away. And a mother of a kid who existed in the Masifta said, please don't take that kid. My son is only by you. He was bullied by that kid in his previous school and made his life miserable. And I beg you, don't take him. I beg you, don't take him. He's following my son. He made him miserable. He's only by you because that kid ruined his life. He bullied him. Now he's taking it. He's trying to get into your school. Please keep him away. And I begged her. I met the kid. I saw him. I saw him. I saw he was a nice kid. And I begged her that in an environment where he's respected, he will not. He'll be nice. He's one of the nicest guys we've ever had in the yeshiva. He's long. Long, long graduated yeshiva, one of the nicest people. And I saw he was a kind person. And when a person's validated, the reasons we knock others, the reasons we put down is insecurities, the reason the natural state of a person is to hold of another human being. The natural state is to be in a shtoimim. It's called ayin toiv, not ayin tzadik. It's good eyesight. The natural state is to be nishtaymim, a human being, zitzelem eloikim. Why wouldn't we see marvelous things in a person? But we have a negius not to see good things. Our own, our own frustrations, our own putting it on others, our own insecurities that don't allow us to see good in others. When Klal Yisrael one time saw Hashem, they didn't say zeloikinu. They didn't say it's my God. They said Zekeli. They didn't say it's our God. They didn't say Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. They said Zekeli. When they saw once, it's interesting, Zekeli Hashem, they should have said God. They didn't say God. They said my God. Zekeli. When we saw clearly revelation, we said my God. Zekeli, my God. We locked eyes and everybody perceived our own unique relationship to Hashem. Zekeli, my God, mine, personal. I have my own mission, my own importance, my own relationship. Zekeli. To me, it's a dream of every yeshiva and every family. I want, I dream that my children say Zekeli. You can teach your children to say Shema Yisrael Hashem Lakeno Hashem Achad. We do every night with our youngsters.
Zekeli is life experiences. Zekeli, my God, my own unique personal relationship. And every single Yid said Zekeli is the most profound validation. The natural thing that happens from such profound validation is on value. I'm going to be nice the rest of my life. I need hope. That profound validation of Zekeli, my own journey matters, my own challenges, my own world, I matter significantly. Zekeli explodes into Van Veyu. I'm going to be nice the rest of my life. That's what profound validation does. I have seen, there's a Rebbe by us, there's a Rebbe that I see as one of the best eyes I've ever met in my life. He's an eye in tight, very quiet man, but he has tremendous eyes. And he sees people as good. I've seen him change countless lives, many, many lives, dozens and dozens and dozens with his eyes. He sees you're good in his world. That validation turns people nice. You turns a person nice. You push it so deeply and profoundly valid. You become what a human being should be. You develop an eye in tight. You see good in others. You appreciate others. And Zekeli was the deepest validation. Yosef HaTzadik is, is confronted, we learned together this morning the story of Yosef HaTzadik, for some reason I'm there today. And Yosef HaTzadik at that moment saw the Mustayukin of his father, he saw his father's view. Now I have no right here, I just can learn what Chazal say, and I don't have in Chavetz Chaim, it would be a good question. I don't see in Chazal what did he see? He saw his father. Yeah, like, was his father a stern look of don't you dare? And I can't prove this. I can't prove this and I don't know. I think it's worthy of pondering. He saw his father. What did that look like? What does that mean? He saw his father and didn't sin. I'm afraid to say this publicly. I'm afraid to say it. I can only, I don't know the answer. That's Chazal teach us. He saw his father and didn't sin. A bacher told me he was doing, I'm going to say it for Amiza, but he was cleaning cars. For Pesach, he got a job, a bacher, make some money. And he was confronted with a tremendous Nisayan. Tremendous. Yosef HaTzadik Nisayan. And he said, this bacher, an honest guy, not, not a, I know people can make up tales, this is an honest person. He told me that he saw his Rebbe. He told me that he literally, he was confronted with an Esayan, and he said, by Sachutz, he ran out. The guy who told me, I don't even know if he knows the story of the Mustayukin. At the time, today he knows that story. I don't know if he knew the story of the Mustayukin. Pashtus, he didn't. And he said that he saw his Rebbe, and he ran out of the house. Now his Rebbe, that, that I know the story. Chazal, what Yisra Tzadik saw his father... When I was younger, I probably thought his father looked at him and like, MS, like, whoa, I'm not doing that. There's such a thing. But this Bacha, that's not what he saw in his Rebbe, his profound belief. He saw in his Rebbe a profound validation of self. The Gemara, it, it mirrors the Gemara, what this Bacha, for sure, what Chazal are saying, Chazal say what they say, saw to most of his father and didn't sin. This Bacha saw his Rebbe, saw, I love you, you're precious. And he got the strength to run out. He saw that he was validated. The Gemara says about Tzitzis that there was a Talmud of Rabbi Kiva who was about to do an Avera and the Tzitzis, Tavchai Alpanov, hit him in the face and he didn't sin. And what I want to suggest, what I want to suggest about the Tzitzis hitting in the face, and I heard this from a Bacher, I learned this from a Bacher, and what he said that Tzitzis hit him in the face, at the corner of our Beget is a mitzvah. This Bachar is a thinking person, and it said, he said it bothered him for a while. He's a very unique, creative, artistic fellow. And he wears begotten that are very funky. He has colorful jackets and pants and shirts and socks. He's a colorful dresser. He's a Ramchal as a Yid. Ramchal wore colorful begotten. Famously, the Ramchal had big... In Yanei Kabbalah, this guy doesn't have Kabbalistic intentions, but he does have artistic intentions. And he wears colorful begotten. And he said it bothers him that he gets dressed every day and he's thinking, hmm, what shirt today? Eh, what am I feeling? What do I want to present? What socks? And he says, as one begot, he never thinks about the tzitzis. He said it occurred to him, like, what's wrong with me? 
every other beggar I'm like thinking and darshaning, and I have one like boring garments, the same one every day. The end of the story is not he painted his sitzes. So he pushed like there's one beggar that I just put on without thought. He said it bothered him, and he started doing thinking, and he said as follows. He said that the corner of the beggar is a mitzvah. A beged means garments, it means treachery. And all of us understand in Lashon Kodesh, if it means the same thing, that says something. We all know this is not a table. That's not a ceiling, this is not a floor. We all know that. Floor is just my way. It's fun to talk to everybody. I seem to have a problem to talk a lot. And I want to talk to you, if I say floor, how do I communicate this thing here? So when I say the word floor, both all of us think about this. It's askamas umavuma. There's nothing about this that's a floor, nothing about that's a ceiling. It's just the way you and I can talk. Sholchan is what this is. It's not a way to communicate. This is a shenlam and chesnun. That's what it is. It's not a way of communicating. It's a shema etzem. It is a sholchan. That's what it is. Shin lamin chesnun. It's a shema etzem. This is a table. So there's a big difference. If you have a word in English, two words are similar. Hat and that both have an H-A-T. They don't have to have a relationship. Because just the way you and I communicate, it's not a hat. So they don't have to have a relationship. In Lush and Kaidish, Shliach and Sholchan have to have a spiritual relationship because it is a Sholchan. It's not a way of communicating. La'alacha, if I read the Megillah in English, I'm Yaitzah. But if a Frenchman reads in English, he's not Yaitzah because he didn't say anything because the words don't mean anything. If you read it in Lush and Kaidish and you don't know what you said, you're Yaitzah because you said it. Whether you know what you said or not, if you say Sholchan, you've said this thing in front of me because it's a Shinlam Chesna. So a beged is a spiritual Beis Gimel Dalud. That's what a beged is. And begida, treachery, is a Beis Gimel Dalud. So clothing and treachery are the same thing. And they're the same thing because clothing is what you're portraying. Clothing is what you're portraying. It's not who you are. If it was who you are, it wouldn't be a beged. So it's just what you're portraying. So it's treachery. It's disloyal. It's not who you are. It's just what you're showing to others. It's treachery. It's disloyal. It's not you. And he said, this Bachar said that to the corner of my beggar, I wear tzitzis, means deeper than all the things I portray, I'm an Eved Hashem. The tzitzis is a mitzvah, Hashem, is loyalty, reminds us of all the mitzvahs. And he said at the corner of your beggar, is past all your portrayals, you're an Eved Hashem. The tzitzis at the corner of your beggar. And he said he started appreciating that he doesn't think about the tzitzis. All the other begadim is like, I have to like think, oh, today, what do I want to show others? He said, there's one thing, the thoughtless garment, this is what I am, it's just who I am. The unchanging garment, the garment that's the same every day, the pair of tzitzis, at the corner of all my begadim, past all my portrayals, is I'm an Eved Hashem, I know Abdul Chod Shabrichu. And this Talmud of Rabbi Kiv is about to do an Aveira, and the tzitzis smacks him in the face. He remembered who he was, beyond all his portrayals and all the things that, who am I, the essence of who I am, he was reminded of. That's the tzitzah smacked him in the face. <laughs> and to me, this validation, I want to present a picture. There's a picture I like. Half the story is true. Half is only to, to paint my picture. I like sports. It's my own weakness. <laughs> Something I like sports. And my son was at the free throw line. They were playing a playoff basketball game against, and in the gym had over 400 people in there. This is all true story. And, the, and they had hundreds of guys from the other team, and the gym is loud. My wife and I were at the game. My wife doesn't know basketball. I'm trying to explain a little what's happening. And my son, with five seconds left, is at the free throw line for three shots. We're down two. There are about 450 people in the gym. They are shouting. A guy yells out from the stand something derogatory about my son right behind my wife and I. My wife doesn't know sports, doesn't like, has never been much to basketball games. And the guy says, 
yells out, yells out like above the crowd is loud, and this guy roars louder, something quite derogatory. My wife looks up like innocently, so that's my son. The guy felt so badly, like it was a sports game. He was being a shot. My wife just so innocently said, that's my son. Like, I don't know the game so well, how many shots he's getting out. Just my son, a very sweet guy. She couldn't believe the guy screamed out. It was priceless. The guy's mechila, it was wonderful. My wife turns back, that's my son. The kitzer is, he's at the foul. Now, that's a true story. I was, I was like, I was probably more nervous than him. The rest is not, tr- is not the truth. I only want to, that picture is true for my picture, for the art. My son did not turn to me. But if you can picture my son going to the foul and he's scared. His, his school, the entire school was there. 200 guys are there. And 250 guys are there from the other school being very, very loud. And you can't out-shout them. You want quiet for the shooter. There was no quiet for the shooter. And he was shooting on the side of the other crowd. And if you picture him turning to his dad, this, this all happened, this part did not. But picture him looking over to his dad, and I nod at him. We, we lock eyes, and I nod. That's, that, to me, is like a lot of parenting. You lock eyes, and you nod. He looks you in the eye straight. He's at the foul line. He misses 200 guys. I like to shoot him. <laughs> it's a playoff game. The whole school traveled two and a half hours by bus. It actually took three and a half hours to get to. They came late in the third quarter. True story to the game. Now it's now it's now it's five seconds left to the game as it happened. They came in late third quarter to the game. 200 guys, and he's at the foul line for three. And picture, that, that's the true scene. Now, this is just, let's say he looks over to the sideline and his father looks in his eyes and shakes his head. I have seen people get up to deliver speeches where a guy really expresses himself and says his life story. I saw this past Maitzay Shabbos Abacher who went through a very, very dark life felt he's been hiding for 18 years. He has not wanted to live. He planned on killing himself when he's 18. He had a cheshbon not to hurt his mom, not to do it younger. And in front today, he's 19 and wants to be a from Ebed Hashem. And he felt that he wants to tell 200 guys his story. And this did happen. I saw him stand up. He had almost, he had a panic attack. He's been hiding, he's 19. And he feels that it's freeing to finally share his stories to his friend. And he said to 200 guys in a room at 4 in the morning, he wants to say his story, it'll be therapeutic, to finally just say, I'm living, I'm going to be me, and I'm safe to be me. And he wanted to share his story. He got up there, he's white, he's been through Yisurim Nairam. His Rebbe sat about where you're sitting there, and I saw this scene, he's up there, he's white, trying to stay standing like this. And for a guy who hasn't looked the world in the eyes and say, Shalom Aleichem, he's gone through, and he felt like it's time to introduce himself. These are his close friends. His Rebbe sat right there. I saw it with my own eyes, looking him in the face, just nodding. The, he, he looked at his Rebbe, and he proceeded to share his story. It's, it's like, it's a life-changing, the amount of chizuk and support and validation he got after is like, is otherworldly. And he's, it, it was a very important moment, I believe, in his life. But the, what, what created the moment is the Rebbe sat directly there and nodded. They looked, I saw this with my own eyes. I was sitting somewhere over there, and I was watching this. I was watching this in front of me. They locked eyes, and the Rebbe just nodded. You got it. You got it. And that's the first, that's the painting I want to paint for everybody here, the supreme validation that a father and mother could be for a kid. This is an oil man assigned, the challenges in this world. They're difficult things for us all to do, to come out of our comfort zone. We all have different situations of shooting three free throws in a territory of a lot of scary situations, and missing is very scary. We've all had, we all have situations where we have to come out of our comfort zone. Sorry, what happened? I knew every good sports guy wants to know what happened. I'm so mean. It's, it's my own cruelty. It was like a shtick not to say. 
I love Mirab Chaim because if I'd be sitting by the speech, all I'd want to know the rest of the speech, it wouldn't matter what this guy said. Did he hit the free throws? He made the first one, misses the second, and the third one he hits. He switched. It went overtime. It went over. It did go to overtime. Now he wants to know who won the game. That, that one, I ended the story already. Yeah, then you could figure it all out. But, if Rebbe would have nodded at him, do you think he would have hit the second one? <laughs> the, painting, the painting I want in a very real way, and all of us in the room are parents, the painting I want is that picture of father and son locking face and shake your head. And profoundly you're saying that I love you, accept you, believe in you, and you're okay. And by the way, if you miss, you're okay. I just believe in you. You're, you're a special person. There's deep, deep belief. There's deep acceptance. And that's the painting of parenting that I want to see. see that I want, I want to draw a picture. I want to come with a picture. The father, the Rebbe who looked, acted like a dad and looked at this, the Talmud, and they nod. I, I saw it my own, I saw it this past my Tishabs. And the Rebbe nod, the guy was having a panic attack. It could be, be viewed, I don't know clinically if it would be called that. It was close to that. And the Rebbe nodded. He was looking at him, just nodding. You got it, you got it. Locking eyes and nodding. That's the painting that I want to paint for everybody. Hashem Zekeli was such a nod, was such, it's my, my God a profound validation that empowers niceness, van veyu, the rest of my life I'll be nice to others when I'm so validated. And the Musdiyukin of Yaakov Avinu, he saw Yaakov. He saw Yaakov, and again, there I have no raya of what happened. He saw his father. I'm suggesting it was that look and nod that causes, and I can't prove it from there, but I could say that I know a Bachar in the hardest situation of his life who said that he saw his Rebbe, and he saw that Rebbe, I know, was a nod. It was a nod. I love you. I love you. You're, you're an amazing person. And that brings out, unleashes tremendous kaiches. Belief unleashes kaiches. It's mevur in many places. It says in, the Torah says that David HaMelech didn't respect Begadim, and because he didn't respect Begadim, they didn't warm him, besides Yamav. And there's a very simple equation that respecting something brings out its kaiches. Rev Hirsch says that the bedrock of education is to respect our youth. Rev Hirsch writes it. He calls it the bedrock of education, is respect to a youth. It sounds crazy because of course we want kids to respect our parents and elders and chachamim. We want to build a world of covenant. But we're starting with a youngster. The respect that we give him turns into all the respects we want. And respecting somebody unleashes their power. It unleashes kaiches. That's how this world works. It says about mitzvahs. If you respect mitzvahs, the mitzvahs will impact you. The respect to things in this world unleashed our kaiches. It unleashes, it unlocks kaiches that are in a person. And that nod of profound validation, that picture, my son did not look over to me and I was sweating and I wouldn't, probably wouldn't have been much help at that moment. But the visual of looking over, I visual looking over and then and he had that picture from elsewhere the nod of dad the deep deep dad and mom a deep nod of I love you I appreciate you and you are wonderful but profoundly is what gives kaychas it unleashes energy it unleashes both the ability to love and appreciate others ayin taiv and the ability to overcome the sinus. that nod unleashes the ability and that's the first picture of parenting that I want to present, is that picture of parenting. Now that we've drawn a little bit, and I think that picture, to ask ourselves for each of our children, are we creating that picture? Have we created that powerful nod in their life, no matter what they face, and it's an oil manasayin, have we created that nod as mom and dad? And can we create that nod, that profound validation of acceptance, of understanding, of appreciation, of valuing? Have, have we created that nod that empowers the kid? That's, 
That's my first painting that I want to paint for everybody. And ask, could we build that? That's, that, that, that's an avoda, a task, presented with all the different challenges of life. We have to make sure that that picture is a reality. Paint it yourself. Paint it yourself. Staring your kid in the face and you're nodding. It's, it's one of the hardest things. I once was a good ball player. And today I am horrible. And I haven't played much basketball in years. I'm like down to volleyball these days. Chaim's like, what happened? He's still good traveling. But Lemais, I'm horrible today. And I once was good. And today I coach a little bit here and there. If I had more time, it's a big type of mine to coach. And it's a dream. I used to take four days off a year. Hashem don't take many days off a year. And I used to go four days, and what I did was I coached. I found some place that I can go coach, and that was my vacation for the year. I still have a tremendous desire to coach. I like coaching. Coaching's fascinating, especially if you can play yourself. You're tempted to run on the court, and you can't. Today, I'm not even tempted to run on the court, but you're tempted. Just give me the ball. Okay, let's go. Let's just do it ourselves. And coaching, you sit on, and a lot of coaching is that look the guys in the face and nod believe, encourage, you train, you have all different other things, but like a deep belief. A lot of coaching is that nod. And that somebody else's game, but you nod, you accept, you believe, you trust, you know, and it unleashes powers in people. That nod, I saw a guy do the hardest thing. I can't fathom that kid. He undid 18 years of tsar. And the Rebbe nodded, did it. I, I promise you, I can't. The Rebbe sat there, he couldn't have done it, and it changed his life. It changed his life. He did, he said things he needed to say. And the only way he did it is from that nod. And I think we could be that nod for our kids. We can. We can. I beg every parent, be it, don't say it's too late at any age, be that nod. Be that to Mustayukin that nods, that looks at Yosef HaTzadik in the most difficult situation of his life and he just sees dad or mom nodding. I have seen in my, in my life the success of kids and I've seen many a mom and many a dad be this for their kids. I've seen it. It's powerful. You, could, you overcome crazy stuff. Crazy stuff when somebody looks at you like that. Yes? It sounds very good. The only child is, you know, the kid's an angel, it's no problem. What if he's doing something or he or she is doing something that you feel like is beneath what their level could be and you're really disappointed in the sense of you know what you were hoping or whatever. So I'm only I, talking to that situation. I don't I don't I don't I don't want to discuss it. I don't I want I don't want to discuss it. I want the picture to sit. I don't want I think discussing it I feel bad saying this. Certain art, you go to the gallery, the less said the better. I was painting. The next thing I'm willing to discuss, I was Painting. If I I just showed a painting, I don't want to discuss it. Oh, you're, you're, the parent believes I don't want to. I was painting a painting. I can't art. I can't. I'm not willing to discuss the painting. That everybody could say, Kalish, you came in, you painted for us. The next thing I'll discuss. I was just painting. I really. I'm being honest. I was just painting. If anybody here wants to analyze, I was painting a picture. He says, but I have crashes. I can't. I don't. I won't. I. Somebody else has to do it. I'm painting. I'm painting. If the picture tempts you, if that painting draws you, then I think something was done. But I just was painting. I asked just to admire the painting. You ever went to an art gallery? You said you were talking to that situation. What did you mean by that? You said, I'm only talking to that situation. So what did you mean by that? I'm not trying to be vague or give anybody a different time. We can handle any tesis. We can even handle philosophically education. I said first, I want to paint. If I held a picture, well, what do you mean? Ask any artist. Does anybody here, Drew? Anybody? Is there an artist in the crowd? Hey, nobody wants to raise their hand. Okay. I don't dress. Okay. There's probably some artists here. I do want, I want to say that when you paint a picture, you, don't, you can't philosophically, you can discuss it, and you, there's something to it, but there's also something. I want to paint a picture of something that could be. So we can analyze every situation, but I can't. How do I get there? That's a sugyu also. I first want to paint something that could be. So we agree it could be. We have kashas. It's not so easy. If what you're saying is not so easy to get to that picture, I agree to that. I agree. It could be easier for a Rebbe, a parent has water under the bridge, and our own human feelings and everything. I wanted to paint the picture. Then we're going to talk some practical stuff. When? 
Now, right now. Right. And I wanted to... <laughs> it's like, get to it, Caleb. I've been told this before. Right, session's <laughs> over. <laughs> My uncle's nodding at me, so I don't mind if you're tough. <laughs> <laughs> I think to I think I think all our lives I think all our lives to remember our precious child. Parents will come, especially an ADHD kid. They're like describing how crazy he is what he's done to their life. I know he's good. They don't know that it's not that picture of the innate goodness of our kids in front of our eyes. Is in front of our eyes. Not but, not, I know he's, but it's like the mother and the father who hold on to that, who hold on to that despite challenges. One of the ways is by looking at art like that. Because if the picture tempts us, it gives us a reason to hold on to it. There's a reason. If we nod like that, there's a big reason. It, what we're giving to our child is huge. So I agree it's hard to be that. If it would be easy, there'd be no, we wouldn't get paid the big bucks we are to be parents. The schuss to be parents is big, but that artist, that picture has to be tempting to us. And when that picture is there, if that picture is there solidly, what it can do. So I'm not, I'm not trying to give a rough time. We could analyze how many blockages there are to that picture and how hard it is. And, but at first, if we could just picture something that's real, I don't think the picture is a pretend. And if we can be that for our kids, and it's possible, I believe it's possible, no matter what they do, to be that for our kids. So again, we can analyze, there's a subject called parenting. In one speech, we can go to a million, and I want to go, to, I did not go to a specific place, I just brought in a picture, we are gay. But the picture itself, I think, as something, if people say that picture, remember, Yosef saw a picture, the Mustiukin. So I just wanted to also show a picture. If that picture touches anybody, it touches me. I want to be for my son when he's at the foul line. I want to be the father who's... And by the way, if he misses, I'm still shaking that. Come over. And I want to be that father who looks him and it nods. It, the, I want to say it. I'm, I'm sitting in the presence of my uncle who's a big person to his children and his Talmudim he's that picture so there's, there's something to aspire towards with all its challenges if you're makir that that's powerful how many people if you have your own painting of that that I saw this in front of my eyes last night say Shabbos I saw Rebbe sitting I, I'm, I have the picture of that I don't think I'll ever forget it the rest of my life and the Rebbe's, the guy had no chance. Without it, he had no chance. He wasn't saying what he needed to say. It was very freeing. And the one who freed him was a nod right there. So that nod was, a, was, was, was a two years in the making, and a lot, and understanding, and acceptance in a very deep way that let a guy do something I don't know if I would have the strength to do, but it let him do it. Somebody nodded at him, and somebody was like, deeply valid and accepted, gave him a superhuman kayak. So I wanted to paint that picture. I think that's, but is there discussions, there's philosophical discussions and questions and him yet? A hundred percent. And endless things in Chinuch, if we can agree that that's powerful and maybe that's like part of being a parent, part of being a parent, that validation, that supreme validation, that supreme acceptance and and the goodness, the innate goodness. My son came home from school. He had just gone to school. The youngster goes off. And my wife said, you're the best. He said, every mother thinks that about their kid. Like he discovered the other guy's mother also thinks. That's true. That's true. It's a room full of people who mothers know is the best kid. But that's powerful. That's very powerful. I'll tell you an experience. An experience I had. True story. I don't know politics. Well, it's not my chill. It's not my thing politics and the raid. Somebody introduced me to the governor of Connecticut. For some reason, who was, he's no longer the governor, was a very, maybe because we're both Dan. He was very not political, the guy. He's one of the only people in history past the bar, he has dyslexia. Somebody thought I'd be interested in meeting him. A friend of mine introduced me and called me over. I met the governor, it's not my thing, it wasn't like, I'd much rather meet my aunt and uncle than the governor a lot, <laughs> that's like an understatement. But good, so I met the governor, cool. I asked him, I was curious, it got me perked up, he has dyslexia, I'm very competitive. So I was curious, I said a lot of people probably told you what's going to be for you, he failed through school, he's the governor of the richest state in, in America, 
per capita. It's pretty cool. A guy who can't read and write, he passed through it till today, he can't read and write. So I was curious, like, did that mo- I asked him, did that motivate you? He's very not political. He's not a good speaker. He's a guy who became the governor. Very short, one term. I asked him, did that motivate all the teachers who said, what's going to be for you, Dan? Like, you're not going to amount to anything. Was that like a motivating factor? To me, I'd want to prove the naysayers wrong. Laman Shairoi. Shairoi, the people who stare at me, the naysayers, did that motivate you? So Dan Malloy, the governor of Connecticut, told me, he said no. I thought it was the cool thing to say, yeah, I became who I became, I'm going to show. He said, not at all. I said, it's very interesting. That would motivate me. So he said, I'll tell you the truth. I have a mother who always knew my greatness. My mother always said, Dan, you're going to conquer the world. Like he, my mother believed in me. He said, nothing else registered in my life. So Dan Malloy told But I've seen that in my life a lot. We could be that validation of our kid. We just can. So that was one. But this is a Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz says, come on, you got to share and you're holding a picture and we can't handle, like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is like, this is nuts. Get me, we invited the wrong guy to the wrong convention. Like, <laughs> so enough painting, enough pictures, let's tumble. Let me share, let me share, if the hour is late, I think I'm supposed to end soon, so I'll do the tumble part fast. Uh, now I even got the sign, the sign to end. I'll t- well, you, you have another session. I'm, I'm okay if you still. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. I'll tell you a funny story. We had a guy who worked at the yeshiva grad who has his roots in Chavetz Chaim. As we've had many rebellion and mashpim. And this guy's father is a Chavetz Chaim guy. And he worked in yeshiva for many years. And he showed me a video. He said, you're going to love this video. And he showed me a video from a Goyish coach got an award, this Jimmy Valvano. And he spoke, he was, he was very, very sick. He was a sick, sick man. He, was, he died like weeks later. And he got a big award presentation and he spoke a very powerful speech about life. A man about to die spoke about life. And this guy who worked for the yeshiva showed me the video. And on this video where this guy is speaking, he's going, it's a very good speech. And in the middle, there's a huge crowd. He, put, he pauses, and clearly some tzaddik in the back showing him his watch. Go like this. He, he's an Italian guy. He goes, chutzpah, chutzpah. He starts laughing. He, he says on himself that I'm going to the grave in five minutes. He had, his body was racked. And he said, I'm sharing life still. Do you think going like this? He, I, that he embarrassed the guy. He's a kasha at Suma. I had many kashas. I'm not saying I agree with him. But he said, do you think I'm going to stop because you're showing me your watch? <laughs> he says on the speech. He says, I'm a... Now here, I want you to know, somebody, here's a tzaddik who's running a program. I will stop. Somebody shows the watch. It just reminded me of a cool story. But anyway. So Hashem, no, 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 I'm having a long... Arichas Yom Vishadim for us all. Be'ez Hashem. What I want to share very, very quickly to everybody here, briefly, really just get to the Tamsis. What I ask everybody as parents is to emotionally be with our children. There was an age, and what, what the generation is screaming, and I'm, I'm, we're doing a cheat code here. I am coming because your kid spoke to me. I've dealt for 20 years, and guys are talking, I'm just cheating. You know, it's like cheating, somebody says, you know, your kid's upset, you don't say, I love you. So you go home and you say, I love you more, but say, so I'm cheating here. What our youth are pointing us to is emotional nuance. They want us to be there emotionally and to get it. The, the Torah calls an Av, the translation of Av, Rashi says, Yosef is an Av leparoi. Rashi says an Avr is a Chav, an Av, the translation of the word Av is a Chavar upitaroin, is a friend and an advisor. A friend means there's a Chibr, there's an attachment. Intimacy, friendship, in Lashon Kardash, another word for Chavar, the way it is, is a Reya, and the way to have friendship is Vayeda, is he knew her. That's the closest language of relationship. And I think it's huge to emotionally be there in our kids' story. We're living in a generation, kids, the word loneliness, deeper than all the things people are going through. There's whole, if any of us would think about it, the conversation right now, there's, there's sessions about computer and pornography and dangerous things lurking. It's all a subject of lonely people craving connection, craving and calling out for it. The deepest form of connection is I know you and I understand you. 
And what I beg every parent is to be aware emotionally what's going on by your kid. I describe Maitzei Shabbos, guys in yeshiva, they started it, and guys, nobody has to speak, there's zero pressure. There's 90 guys graduated, 50 guys spoke. It went from about 12 to 9 in the morning. The guys started this. This was their decision, and guys share their story real. Very painful. There are guys crying heavy and hard, and kids were responding with a lot of understanding and a lot of tears. We're energetic people. You think we're struggling, Kalish is going overtime here. This is 12 to 9 in the morning, and 12.30 it started, and guys are speaking and sharing their stories. And what constantly hits me is a kid's stories here, and often the parent is worried about something that's not his story. Be in touch with your kid's story. I want to share a personal story with my son that's a visual, but this topic we can debate. I'm not here, just the first one I was painting. Now I'm only giving a muscle to bring out something that I beg every parent with each of our kids. We have big families. Be there emotionally, where they are, what's happening. Be there. Be that person they can open up to and express to, that mamish gets where they are emotionally. I don't look at it. Many people say, today's generation, my daughter at 14 has more emotional awareness than I had at 25. That's just the truth. Today's generation is being misakin something that I think you and I need. I don't think this is a technique of chinuch. I think there's a tikkun here going on. Parents, oh, I spoke to a mother that your son's craving touch and I love you. She said, I, we were tough. I never got that from my father. And I think there's a tikkun going on. Our children are bring Hashem designed the world and things we experience and things we have to give are for reasons. Somebody, remember, there were generations of people slapped to remain from if we would do the things that were done then we see the results. So there's a different generation and a person who's aware kids are craving emotional nuance. Be there and get it. Subtlety, hear, listen, understand. We'll, we'll heal and get to places you and I need to get to from there. We'll touch. There's a generation that's saying, I need to understand. There's a... There's an amazing, there's an amazing Talmud Chacham said a pshat, he's a mekobel, but he said a pshat that it says the generation of Mashiach, chutzpah, yaski, there's going to be tremendous chutzpah. What is that? Mashiach's generation, people are going to be rude? What are they talking about? Chutzpah? What's the Gemara saying? There's something the Gemara is, what's that to do with Mashiach? This mekobel said that Mashiach's an ur of truth. <coughs> Mashiach means umalar, it's deya, it's truth. There's a generation of chutzpah means, because I said so, you'll see, you know, fake it till you make, come on, just behave. The chutzpah is going to be, we need, I need to understand. I need to figure out, I need to feel it. I need, because they're feeling Mashiach, it's the Darsh al Mashiach. He said it's going to play out as chutzpah, it's like a prophecy. This was said by a Mekobel 100 years ago. Not like in a of today. He said there's a generation of chutzpah. Adults are going to say, we didn't have this. My parents. Kids today, we could have open conversations. There's emotional nuance. I've like changed my life for my kids. Emotional nuances. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't grow up with that. And we grew up with tremendous gifts and mindless and everything. It was a bigger generation. But there's a tikkun for every generation. There's an emotional nuance. My son... We were at a Pesach hotel. And on Shabbos, it's hard to find the exact Isser, but I don't use a Shabbos elevator. I don't use it on Shabbos. And we were climbing to a very high floor the whole Shabbos. My son at the time was six years old, was five years old. Six years old. Six years old. And the whole Shabbos in Yantip, we did not use the elevator. We were walking up a lot of flights of stairs. It was the last day of Yantiv, and my son had it. And he asked me, could I take the Shabbos elevator? And I had told him the whole time, it's not us, he saw Yidin taking it. I told him, it's not us, I told him, I have a cheshbon not to take it. He asked me to take it, and I felt to let him take it. So he took the Shabbos elevator, he was going somewhere, going off to play. It turned out for an hour and ten minutes, he was stuck in the elevator. <laughs> now he told us he thought he was going to die. He sang a tshuva song, because a yid should do tshuva before he dies. He thought he was bawling like a baby. We saw him, we never saw him so white. He was stuck an hour and ten minutes. We figured out the times. 
and he was bawling like a baby. And he sang a tshuva song, because he knew before he goes to Hashem, he should do tshuva. He sang a song in the elevator alone, six-year-old boy. He then pressed a button, it was on Yantif. He said, I'm so sorry, Hashem. He said the words, I'm so sorry, Hashem. I'm so sorry, Hashem. And he pressed the button, the call for help button. I'm so sorry, Hashem. So he said and pressed the button. And the man screamed at him and said, stop fooling around with the buttons. And he didn't know what to do. He's crying, he's going to die. And he pressed it again a little while later and the man yelled at the end, stop playing around with the buttons. That picture is many of our kids. That picture, that's many of our children. My son was yelled at by a man, stop playing around with the buttons. He was saying, I'm stuck in an elevator. He was stuck, he thought he was going to die. And a man screamed at him, stop playing around with the buttons. I just say, know your kid. Know what he's saying. Learn his story. If he's lonely... He pressed the button. We yell at our kids all the time, stop playing around with the buttons. All the time. That story is a very real story. And many kids, how many kids feel the scream, stop playing around with the buttons? Yeah, he does this to draw attention. She does that to draw attention. But they're saying, I'm, I'm lifeless. I'm lonely. I'm scared. They want friendship. They want somebody who's close, who understands, who gets... And our response is, stop playing around with the buttons. Can you imagine what the kid thought, who thought he's going to die, and somebody screamed into the thing, stop playing around with the buttons. Could you, could you just picture what, what that felt like? I can't imagine what that felt like. Somebody screamed in that, the ugliness of the voice. The pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. Kids worried he's going to die, and that's what you told them, stop playing around with the buttons. Pathetic. Pathetic. But but is that not the story of many youth who press buttons for help? That's what screams out. That's what seems to get attention. And then we say, stop playing with the buttons. I say... No, he did it over the intercom. You know they have those intercoms? So the man, it, it dials some man, and the guy screamed in, a kid is playing with the elevator. He said, stop playing with the buttons. I say to us all, let's learn our children what's going on by them, real. Each kid, they have their own journey. All of us were from a generation. There were generations that didn't do emotions that didn't know these things, they had their tikkun. Each generation, they got, it, I, they got it through beautifully. They got it through beautifully. There was a generation, why don't we got, they got it through marriages, they got it through life. Got it out, come on, we all have that mode. Got through. Did we resolve, did we figure out, did we heal? Got through, so you're broken, so this is bothering you. Blame the therapist. Therapists today are nuts. They're talking about emotions and feelings. We gutted it out. I also, me and you, we gutted it out. So what's with our kids today? You can have that. You can have that. I think our kids, Rahman al-Islan, many kids will go off. It, you have to solve and resolve. I think they're bringing us somewhere. They're bringing us somewhere. I think there's a place of resolving. Gutting it out is a good thing to have. In the world, they call it white knuckling. There's such a thing. There's also something called resolving and figuring out. The youth of today are making a revolution of resolving, of figuring out. I think the adults crying and feeling and understanding heals us and heals them. I don't think we're broken. I think every generation has a tough kid. I think earlier generations were bigger than us. Huge people who did their tafkid and brought us to where we are today beautifully. I think there's a generation begging for emotional nuance. Could, could we understand what they're... That, you know the father, that's not what happened, silly son. And we're very worried we're going to raise weak people. Like if we really cry, if nobody's weak from crying. Nobody's helpless. We'll teach them. We want to teach. I walked to school 16 miles in the snow. And you can. I know our fears. I know our fears. 
will produce strong people, powerful people. Feeling will not hurt that. It will actually create people that are wholesome and healthy and developed. Every generation has a tikkun. It seems obvious to me that today's generation is asking something from us. They're saying something. I say it. And they're saying, they're saying that there's things that inside that I need to resolve. There's something in the world of therapy and everything's in the Torah. Did you ever notice in the Torah that when we do vidui, you ever notice we say, Anachnu vavoyseinu chatanu, we and our fathers have sinned? Why are you throwing dad under the bus? Very nice of you. <laughs> Very sweet. Like, I think my father, my parents are everything in my life. Me and my father have sinned. Me have sinned. I messed up a lot. My dad, what do you want from him? The man's awfully big. Me and my dad have sinned. There's something that every generation is supposed to be misakin. And the sins of our fathers means that we have a tafkin, that there's something we're supposed to change. And there was something we weren't handed. And that's supposed to be, it wasn't because of flaws, it's because of each generation has a different mission. And there's something we're supposed to be misakin that we can. Parents say, my parents never said, I called the mother, tell your kid I love you. You haven't said it in one year. He hasn't heard it in one year. Said that's not normal. In a year, you never said I love you. You never heard it once in a year. It's not normal. She said, my parents never said that to me. I hear, I hear. Your parents are beautiful people. And you're a good person, a wonderful person. Now go tell your kid I love you and you'll get healed. This lady will grow from it. She always wanted to hear it from her dad. We spoke. She wanted to hear it from her dad. We didn't. Her dad's a perfect as a, as a tzaddik. But there's a generation that won't be a tzaddik if you don't say it. They're not letting and we say, got it out, got it out, we did it. They won't, they won't, they won't got it out, they won't. They're calling for something. Hear it, understand it, and we'll grow from it. We'll grow from the experience. Every generation has its times and its needs, and it's, that's obvious, different places, different people have different needs. There's a generation calling for something. I want to end, I want to end with this, and I apologize for going late. I want to end that there were revolutions in history. The Baal Shem made a revolution. He felt, he saw society corrupting and he made a revolution of Pneumia Satyra, Chasidus. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter saw, so we'll end with this. Yeah. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter saw, <laughs> this is more than Jimmy Valvano faced. This guy is literally, yeah. he's got the earpiece. I don't know if the earpiece doesn't have anything in it. I just, whenever I need to get something done, I go like this. You know, people listen to me. Like, <laughs> you keep doing your job. The, it's not even he's right. Anything. He makes the event you know, work. You know, they call these people, they do, you know, they do bands, you know, they do the concerts. They call some of them, they play the guitar, and it's not even attached to anything. They're playing it, they're playing <laughs> it. Yeah, they're good. playing it, whatever, and they call one of them. Like, it's, they didn't even plug it, he forgot to plug it in. It's fine, it's fine. This is plugged in, but got the job done. <laughs> so, to end like this, Rev. Yisrael yeah, saw cities struggling. Rev. Hirsch saw cities go off the derech, and they all, all three of those great figures made revolutions that people should attach in all different ways to tire in a more deep way. Rabbi Yisrael saw cities going over Hirsch, Rabbi Yisrael, they saw cities become not from. I always think to myself, who's the Rabbi Yisrael? Who's the Baal Shem of today? Who's the Rabbi Hirsch? I think it's today's youth. I think it's the youth of today. The youth of today are saying something. They're saying, they're screaming something. We look at it, we have a pornography technology problem. They're saying something. And I think emotional nuance, and all of us, it's not, it's hard. I'm being honest. It's hard. I don't know the language well. I'm learning it. I'm not good at it. A Bacher wants to talk about things. I've never done it before. And I promise I'm trying hard to learn it, but I've seen that it's necessary. It's very, very hard to me. I don't know the language. They're saying things I've never heard before. And I'm learning something new. I'm changing. I feel better for it. And I think the, the, the youth are demanding it, and I don't think it's just to say, knock it off. We have what to teach about gutting it out. We also have what to learn about healing and resolving. And I have learned about myself from guys that it's changed my life. I've learned about nuances in my own personality that I don't think the answer is just gut it out, though there's such a muscle called gut it out, but there's also something called healing and healthy and resolving. They're all different parts to us. Today's youth are the Baal Shem. Today's youth are a Bisro. We could either say kids today, oh, what do they want? 
I'm asking all the parents to actually say, what is my son saying? What is, what is my daughter asking for? What is she, what's happening? I think if we plug into emotional nuance, we'll learn a lot in ourselves, and we will grow and come to a tikkun, and our children will be very successful. Avdei Hashem, thank you so much. They were actually starting, they were actually starting to talk to me. <laughs> My 20 year old daughter said to me, very much along the lines. I don't think anything's ever felt as good as what she said to me. She said, What do you feel about a relationship with us? She said about me and my wife. She said, You're my cheering squad. You really want me to succeed, but I know that even if I feel miserably, you're still my cheering squad. That was to me was like, I said, I got through something. And I'm like, been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Myron McClellan's on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS, that's 203-312-7427, or email info at shasilluminated.org.